Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Thursday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. So happy for you to be joining us. Got a great show for you today. It's Thursday, and so we'll be joined a little later with... The professor, Patrick McGee of the Bluxy Sun-Herald, talking latest offensive coordinator news uh, for Southern Miss football. Also, Golden Eagles on the road uh, tonight, at, or I'm sorry, at home against Florida um, Atlantic tonight. And uh, we will uh, be talking about that a little later in the program. Also, Kelly Sander, um, it is uh, one day until baseball season. Something to be excited about for sure. It got really cool real quickly here today in Hattiesburg as that cold front came through. So I hope uh, indeed that the weather forecast will hold true, that the sun will be out and it'll warm up a little bit uh, so that everybody will be in in rare form Friday, Saturday, and the game tomorrow at 4, and I guess the game on Saturday as well at 4. So it shouldn't be too difficult uh, to remember as far as scheduling goes. But yeah, all systems go, looks like, Luke. So excited. First segment of the Eagle Hour uh, brought to us every day by Dickie's Barbecue, the home team located out at Turtle Creek Mall. Dickie's cooked here, loved everywhere. Let them cater your next event. If you're going to be at the Pete this weekend, get some barbecue out there And uh, as we cheer on the Golden Eagles. Speaking of baseball, so happy to have joining us on the phone right now, Dan Skirka, the head coach of the Murray State Racers, who are I think on the way into uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Coach, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the Eagle Hour today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we, we just stopped in West Point, grabbed us some Arby's, and, and are in route there to, to Hattiesburg. Really excited. I know your baseball team's excited uh, to, to start the season. You're in your second year coaching uh, Murray State. Um, last year, 24 uh, and 30 overall, but you had a winning record in conference, and it was the best record for uh, the Racers uh, in, in about 10 years. Tell us about uh, your 2020 Racer squad. Well, we're excited to, to kind of hit the ground running. Last year, like, like you said, was our first year as a coaching staff, getting get used to the players. Uh, I think we had 14, 15 new players last year. So getting all on the same page was, was a process. Uh, we, we were dealt with some terrible weather at the beginning of 2019 and, and started off really slow. But once we got into conference play, kind of hit our stride and, and hoping to carry that uh, success into 2020 this year with a lot of returners, and but also 12, 13 new guys also this year. Kelly, I know uh, the Ohio Valley Conference, a conference um, that you uh, you're, you're familiar with. Also, Tennessee Tech was a super regional team a, a few weeks ago. Um, Coach, uh, talk about your team getting to start, uh, you know, with at Southern Miss, and it, we're we're going to hopefully it's a great atmosphere for your guys. You guys excited about playing at, the, at Pete Taylor Park this weekend? No doubt about it. I, I, I was here in 2012 as an assistant coach for Murray State. Uh, love the environment then. Uh, you know the the upgrades you guys have made the facility. Look, 
look outstanding. We're really looking forward to, to getting out there and practicing tonight. We're we're flooded out up in Murray, Kentucky right now, so any chance we can to, to get on the baseball field and, and run around and take BP, you, you know, our, our guys are excited for and and we know the program you guys have and the, and the coaching staff there. So, yeah, we're, we, we can't wait to get it get it teed up tomorrow. Coach, how would you describe the advantage that teams from the Deep South might have simply because the weather tends to be a bit more cooperative, if nothing else, temperature-wise anyway? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they just get up to game speed a little bit quicker. You know, I'm originally from Michigan and, and played up there and coached up there a year, and it, it, it's just it, it's just tremendous advantage. Um, and especially for good programs that take advantage of those those sunny days and, and getting outside and having good practices and scrimmages, and, um, it is um, you know. But program like Southern Miss is going to be prepared whether they're inside, outside, whatever. So the way that the way that you approach your non-conference schedule, I know you you set out to win every single game. But the subtext of all those are you looking for things from your team that you you know, to get yourself ready for conference? And if so, what would those be? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the ultimate goal. Uh, we have three weekends before we start o, uh, OVC play this year. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you're trying to get, you know, pitchers ready. The pitch counts up. Um, you know, that's always a battle for us early in the year without being outside as much. Uh, you know, we got to be careful with our pitchers' arms. Um, but then, yeah, you got to get guys reps and, and figure out who can do it with the lights turned on and, and who can handle adversity and all that, you know, when the games start mattering. So, um, yeah, we're going we're to look to see who competes and, and try to figure out the best lineup, you know, after after three weekends when you're rolling to conference play. And, and what would you say are the, the chances are statistically that the same guys that you might start defensively this weekend would be the same guys that you'll start in three weeks when you go to the Ohio Valley? <laughs> Probably zero. Okay. <laughs> you know how that goes. You know somebody's going to get hurt or, or struggle a little bit, or or one of the guys you don't expect. You know when when the lights turn on, they they crank it up another level. So um, you know that that stuff's fluid. We we got we like our depth we have this year. Um, you know we're we're going to start a lot of different guys this weekend. Um, so really looking forward to seeing who who steps up for the racers. We're talking to uh, Coach Dan Skirka of uh, Murray State. And, Coach, uh, two names I, I know that jump out, uh, one on the offensive side, one in the pitching, Brock Anderson and Shane Burns. Shane Burns, a left-hander. Um, both of those guys were all Ohio Valley last year. Are they kind of the leaders on either side of the offense and defensive side for your team? Yeah, we're Brock's healthy. Um, he, he's poised to have a, have a big senior year for us. Um, you know, stepped in the starting lineup last year and did a – did a little bit of everything, ran the bases well, hit for power, uh, got some clutch hits for us. Um, and then Shane, as a, as a freshman last year, did a, a fantastic job on Saturdays for us. So looking for him to step up and have a good year. But we, we have eight seniors on the mound. So, um, you know, Shane hasn't stepped into that leadership. But uh, it's been there. And, and like I said, look forward to seeing him throw on Saturday. But uh, we, we have some good leadership and, and experience on on both sides of the ball you would uh describe your team this year uh scott barry and the reason i asked this question scott barry is is has talked to us extensively about how they've had to change this year southern miss lost about 48 home runs uh, and about three players and so they're looking this year to be more of a, a running team gonna have to learn to live off the single and the double it, it, is your team uh grooved to, to hit the long ball or are they going to play a little like that style that scott's going to have to do this year we we got to do a little bit of it all, to be honest with you. Our our home field, um, 
plays kind of big early in the year when the when it's cold and the wind's blowing in. Um, so we got to do a little bit of that, the base running, the bunting, um, fighting, scrapping to get on base. And then, then some of the teams we play in our league, it's no secret, they got smaller yards and the wind blows out, and we're going to have to be able to, to elevate and celebrate a little bit. So, um, you know, we, we practice that, we preach that. You know, we got to be able to win on, on Friday night against their best starter, and we got to be able to win against our closer. And then on Sundays in the OBC, sometimes you, sometimes you got to get to 15, 16 rounds to win. Um, for sure. Coach, um, a couple more questions. One more question for me and Kelly uh, may have a, a few more for you. Um, how important is it for, for you, for your guys to play in the type of environment they will this weekend? You know, perennially uh, Southern Miss, and not just saying this because this is a Southern Miss show, but, you know, the top 20 in attendance every year. Um, how important is it for your guys to play in front of a lot of people the opening uh, weekend of the season? No, we, we. I mean, we we've talked about that. Um, you know, when I got the got the job and saw the the schedule and, and knew this game was on there, I, our guys are playing that type of environment. It's going to be similar to what we what we see in a regional. Um, we're fortunate enough to compete for a championship and get to a regional. So. Um, that's kind of how we're approaching it, and, and we're going to have some fun with it. Well, I would say, Coach, being from Michigan, you could just uh, tell your players to look at how the Detroit Tigers play, but we can't say that anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. We get picked on more than more than I can uh, brag about. Well, I, I, I'm a Tiger fan, so unfortunately, you know, I know that that's – You know how it is. I, yeah. I, I do. I'm, we're, we're suffering. And and how how long have you been affiliated with, uh, with Murray State? So do you go back when Coach Prom was the basketball coach there? Yes, sir. I, I was an assistant from 2010 to 2014 here at Murray State, and then uh, went to Walter State Community College for for four years, and then uh, came back last year as the head coach. So, yeah, I got to know Coach Prome, a uh, phenomenal man, and, and he's having some success over at Iowa State now. Yeah, well, not this year they're struggling a little bit, but hopefully they'll they'll get back uh, back on the on the course. So, is it reasonable to assume that uh, most pitchers will be on counts this weekend? Yes, yes, yeah, no doubt. Opening weekend for us, yeah, we got to be we got to be smart with it, and and some of that varies with, you know, the the types of pitches they throw. They're in high pressure situations. We kind of count those as more than if they're than if they're cruising or, you know, had to go back out there multiple times. So yeah, we we got to be careful this time of year. As as many and the final question before we go into break, real quickly, do you think that that might become more regular depending on what time of the year it is because of the repeated surgeries that pitchers seem to be having? Well, yeah, we, we try to be smart with it all year round um, and just monitor guys on an individual basis. But, yeah, I mean, it's no secret. The more they throw and, and the more stress they put on it, the, the more likely they are to be injured. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably going to be the way, way the game is going to change, you know, going forward. Coach Dan Skirka, the head coach of the Murray State Racers, who will provide the opposition this weekend for the Golden Eagles game time tomorrow at 4, also at 4 on Saturday. Should be a great weekend. College baseball ready to roll, and the Eagle Hour will roll on after this timeout. Wait. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Thursday, appreciate Dan Skirka, the head coach of Murray State, joining us. His racers, uh, I think, on Highway 45 coming down. 
and uh, just said they just stopped for lunch in West Point. That will be the Golden Eagles opponent uh, this coming weekend, and we're really excited uh, to be at the Pete. Hope you are, too. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or online at Campus Bookmark. .net. I know uh, a few years ago I went uh, to Campus Bookmark the day of opening season. It was before that Mississippi State series. Found me a really nice shirt uh, to wear. So some of you coming in from out of town or maybe around the Hattiesburg-Laurel area and you need some new baseball swag, go see our friends at Campus Bookmark located on Hardy Street right across the street from Southern Miss. Luke, Kelly, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios. And uh, Kelly, you know, you look at uh, Dan Skirka, and, and uh, he, he was at Murray State for about five years. He took the JUCO route, and he was at Walters State Community College, which is in Morrisontown, Tennessee. Actually helped lead them to a national championship appearance in, in 2018. The dude can recruit um, for, for sure. And the Ohio Valley, got to remember, they put Tennessee Tech in a Super Regional a few years ago. Belmont's in there, I think Eastern Illinois. And uh, so it's, and I think it's a lot of ways it's a, it's a really good opening opponent for Southern Miss this weekend. I think so, too, because you don't want to get in there in the deep water you know, too early. And, and again, I think, but, but the leveler is that everybody's going to have to be watching pitch counts. I think, I really feel strongly about that. When you see as much travel ball as a lot of these kids are doing between the ages of 12 and, and 17, you know, getting into high school and whatnot, I think one of the future trends in baseball, you saw some of the rule changes yesterday, you know, that Major League Baseball is, uh, is implementing now. Relief pitchers have to throw to at least, you know, three batters. Um, there are some other minor, you know, rule changes. But I think going forward, one of the, the evolutions of baseball will be that pitchers will be going shorter and shorter distances just to preserve those arms because, you know, it's, it's not unusual now, unfortunately, for a 15- or a 16-year-old to be having Tommy John surgery. I wish, it weren't, I wish that weren't the case. But as the world has become more competitive, so too are those uh, scholarships. And so I just think one of the, the trends we'll see going forward is, is pitchers being on pitch counts maybe even the whole year, you know, depending on how deep staffs are. Statistically, looking at how Southern Miss lines up against uh, this Murray State team, they only batted 258 as a team last year. Their all-conference kid that I mentioned, Brock Anderson, uh, he batted 289. He was their best hitter. He batted 289, 13 home runs, 44 RBIs. So it will be interesting tomorrow night with Gage Shepard and, and that elite fastball. You know, seeing how uh, much he can handle and and uh, you know possibly do pretty well against this uh, this Murray State lineup. They went 24 and 30 last year, 16 and 14 and the Ohio Valley and we, and we'll talk about it with Patrick McGee uh, a, a little later. Uh, next segment, but you know Scott Barry mentioned yesterday that probably going to be starting three freshmen um, tomorrow night. Uh, I was doing my math in my head. Dickerson's at shortstop, Fisher Norris in in right. Um, depending on what they do with the catcher, Stanley might be the third one. They could start retrembling center field. All that will wait for tomorrow afternoon. But but again, uh, you know the importance of it. Just getting some of these early early games and and getting some good at bats for these guys so that they don't have to wake up in mid mid March or, or early April. But generally speaking, here's what you should expect from from baseball. Just generally, all right, at the college level and and really all over. At the beginning of the year, huge advantage to pitchers. Pitchers are going to have the huge advantage because the guys are, you know, you can be in the cage all you want, but till you get and see that good live pitching with movement, you know, in and out, up and down, you're going to, I would, I would suspect you're going to see a lot of low scoring games early in the year. But then as the season goes on, all right, and the pitchers put some more miles on those arms, 
and the arms be, start to become a little bit tired, then the batters start catching up with the pitching. So you'll see more and more run production, I would think, as the year goes on. But early in the season, big advantage to the pitchers on both teams just because uh, they know where the ball's going and hitters don't, and the hitters are anxious to get out there and get, get a good start so they maybe swing at pitches they shouldn't. So overall, I think that's something you should look for in this series and indeed all the series this weekend is, is how pitchers are going to be at an enormous advantage. If they throw strikes, they're going to be more effective than usual, I think. So uh, we'll talk some more baseball with Patrick McGee next segment. Turning the uh, page to men's basketball, Southern Miss with a home game tonight at 7 p.m. in Reed Green Coliseum against the Florida Atlantic Owls. And when you look at where the Owls are in Conference USA, they're in that middle section. Uh, they're they're really tied for uh, technically fourth, but you got three teams at eight and four, so they're six and six. 14 and 11 overall. Kelly, the only thing I can think going in this game, Eagles, thankful to be in Reed Green Coliseum. They've been 6 and 5 this year, but only 1 and 10 on the road. And it's just a question. I mean, is it just a, uh, an endurance deal because you know you're only going to have about seven or eight guys on the court? If you're Ladavius Drain, if you're Gabe Watson, I mean, you just got to give it your all because you know you probably won't get any rest tonight on the bench. And you, you, after these two games, you don't know how the schedule is going to shake out as far as pod play goes. You know, it it will be a little bit easier on the Golden Eagles schedule wise because as um, as we were talking about yesterday on the show from Fourth Street Bar and Grill, it looks like Southern Miss is going to be in that third pod. You know, with Middle, Middle Tennessee and UTEP and some others, so some uh, some other teams that have not had as many as many wins. But yeah, anytime you anytime you're not as deep as other teams, they start getting into your legs. And when you look at some of the games that the Eagles have played this year, generally speaking, every game at halftime has been close. I mean, every conference game has been close. It's not, not anywhere near a blowout. But then in the games that the Eagles have suffered a little bit more, it's those, <clears throat> those late second-half runs, and it's because the Eagles just wear out. You know, they're just, just not as deep as some of the other teams. But I think Jay Ladner made a really good point on social media, too. The, the last couple of games, they've played in arenas that have been big and loud and, and feisty, and that's, that's something that he would like to see. You know, more Eagle fans get out and, um, and finish strong. You know, he's already landed, as we talked about, Tay Hardy, and, and you want to finish the, the season strong so that going into next year – I mean, this team doesn't have any – you know, realistic hopes of any postseason play, including some of the second-tier tournaments. So, you know, win some of these pod games toward the end of the year and look at something positive to build on, you know, heading into to next season. He's already landed that one recruit, you know. It's going to help him get some forwards. Tay Hardy likes he's a He's a big assist guy. So, um, you know, finish strong, and it can help by you know, having a good, boisterous uh, fan base out there tonight in, ahead of a huge sports weekend on campus at Southern Miss. Southern Miss leads this series uh, four to two. One of those wins uh, was vacated because of the Donnie Tyndall years. Uh, but you look at what Florida Atlantic's done. They they started off four and one. Uh, they they started off three and zero. Oh, then lost to North Texas. They beat Middle Tennessee. Uh, then they've been up and down. They they started off four and one. Then they lost three in a row. Lost to UAB, Charlotte, Old Dominion. But an impressive win. Uh, they beat Western Kentucky uh, two weeks ago. Then they turn around and beat Marshall. Uh, but they, they had what was kind of like the Golden Eagles with Louisiana Tech. They had to play FIU two times in a row. The last two games were against FIU, and they lost both of those. So, 
you, you've got a three-game winning streak, uh, a, a three-game losing streak, a two-game winning streak, and a two-game losing streak. And so when they come in to Reed Green tonight, it's going to be, I think, really important uh, for uh, the Golden Eagles to start fast and uh, to try to build uh, some lead in, in the first half. Women are on the road, and if you want to know who the women are playing, just look at who the men are playing and then flip it. Uh, so men are uh, got a Florida Atlantic at home. <laughs> Uh, women's basketball uh, tonight is at Florida Atlantic. That tip-off will be at 6 p.m. Central. When you look at where the Lady Owls are, they're one game better than Southern Miss. Southern Miss 3-8, and 11-11 and 11 overall. The Lady Owls 4-7, and 10-12 overall. And, Kelly, we talked to uh, Joy Lee McNellis on Monday. This is a must-win uh, for her basketball team tonight. Well, you know, they started out so well. They started out red hot. I mean, the, the projection at the beginning of the year was that the Lady Eagles would be a middle-of-the-pack finisher. Sixth place, I think, was the overall consensus. And started out leading the league and playing very, very well. And then they have just completely uh, let the air out of the balloon. It's just been they've just been dead in the water. So they need some good things to happen. But it's but it's it's they have not played well on the road. And this is about this is about as long a road trip as you make. So you hope that there's not going to be any jet lag there. But you're right. They they've got to have something good happen in a hurry here. As they've what, what, lost seven in a row, maybe something like that. Um, the, yeah, yeah. The women and, and part of it's because Shantae Hales for the second year in a row, man, just. Um, she was going into surgery the other day. We were talking to Coach uh, McNellis, and depending on how that surgery, her rehab goes, they might get her back for the last regular season game. But you know how it is, man. When you lose the leader and the general, when you lose the the trigger of your team, it not only takes uh, obviously physical you know dimension out of your your basketball team. It's emotional too, because when your general goes down, man, it's just tough to rebound. Yeah, and we talked yesterday on just on the conference overall. We talked about pod play, you know, yesterday, and how it's supposed to bolster those those teams that are in the top of the conference. But conference USA for a long time, and in a lot of sports, maybe if you could exclude a sport, it would be baseball. But in football and basketball, the conference has just struggled to find an identity. I mean, when your when your top team, when your best basketball team, you know, has is has only about six or seven more wins than they do losses. That's that's not what you want. You really want a couple of teams up there that are studs, you know, that are that are getting national recognition. La Tech had led the way most of the year on the men's side, but now North Texas is there. It's a league. So, unfortunately, you see kind of why it's a one one team league as far as the NCAA tournament goes. And hopefully, all of these programs will improve. That those numbers will get up. That they'll de- certainly legitimately deserve, you know, more than than one conference bid. That's that's what we hope to happen as long as uh, Southern Miss is in Conference USA. It's a, it's a long road, but got to get there. Got to right. get there. We'll uh, talk some uh, offensive coordinator news from Southern Miss and uh, from football, and we'll uh, get a Patrick McGee view of not only this weekend, but the 2020 Golden Eagle Baseball Squad. All that next on the Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Fourth Street Bar and Grill brings us the third segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. We were there just yesterday. Amazing lunch. Nice people. And uh, just go look at that that Casey Fisher 
face on the 1987 NIT poster. It's worth the visit. Four Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke, Kelly, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And, Laurel, it is Thursday, so let's go down to the Biloxi Sun-Herald and talk to the professor, Patrick McGee. Well, Patrick, let's just get it out of the way. We were told um, that Jay Hobson would probably be naming an offensive coordinator for the football team right after signing day. Signing day has come and gone and still no news on the OC front. Yeah, he told me last week he'd like to have somebody in place early this week, but it's not unusual for this to get pushed a few days. So uh, it, it is what it is. He can come any <clears throat> any day, any any moment. So uh, I know he's been interviewing candidates and uh, kind of narrowing down the field. I think it's probably a small field candidates at this point. So uh, it should should be coming pretty soon. Uh, but maybe he'll, maybe he'll give us a Valentine's Day surprise. I guess. <laughs> And and clarify for our listeners too, because uh, you know a lot of people were just wondering why Scotty Walden wasn't promoted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he would kind of be in the same vein as uh, as Buster Faulkner, more downfield approach. But it, it clarify for our listeners seems to be like they they want some offensive philosophy, a slight change in it going forward. Yeah, and, and people can go on. There's a story I wrote uh, that ran last week where Jay kind of talks about what he wants. He wants a more balanced approach, and I, I think it's obvious that Southern Miss has needed that for a while. Uh, that, that that running game just hasn't been there like they needed. He weren't near close to what they needed. Uh, so, yeah, he, he wants uh, a more balanced look, uh, maybe something that's, you know, not a not a, not an air raid uh, scheme kind of like we've seen, but one that, you know, is closer to maybe a, just a, a, you know, more, just it's more based in the ground game, in other words. Uh, it's not, you know, try to air it out and and give up on the ground game after they maybe have a you know short carry for on two or three consecutive touches. So, I would expect the next offensive coordinator to put much more emphasis on running the ball. Patrick, basketball tonight. Uh, the Eagles begin a two-game homestand against the uh, the Florida schools. At this point, you know, no realistic chance of playing any type of postseason play other than the conference tournament, which of course we we know anybody can get hot at that time. But but what are you telling the guys now? What are you, what are you playing for the rest of the year? The pod play is going to help you with some teams that are a little bit more you know even with you record wise. But what do you what do you play for the rest of the year? Right. Well, I mean, whenever you get Ladavius Drain and Leonard Harper Baker, they had that kind of taste of success a year ago where they were oh so close to getting that conference title game. It was really the only team that could really stop them at that point was West Kentucky, and they did, you know, and that's what happened there in the semifinals conference tournament. So it's, you know, it's playing for pride and putting this team, you know, giving this team a little momentum going into uh, next year. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, Southern Miss is perfectly capable of beating just about anybody in the conference. It's just a matter of everybody kind of staying out of foul trouble, staying healthy, and and uh, <laughs> and just having guys being able to go the full distance like a like a Gabe Watson. I think uh, I saw the Southern Miss Twitter uh, basketball Twitter accounts say that he had averaged forty point two minutes over the last four or five ball games. <laughs> I guess because they went to overtime a time or two, so. Uh, these guys are playing a lot of minutes, and I don't blame them for being a little bit tired at this point in the season. All right, now conference conference USA wise, we talked about pod play, and we all know, <coughs> excuse me, those of us in the media that we know everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've seen this experiment now with conference USA and pod play. I, I applaud the effort of trying to you know boost the RPIs of some, but but it's not. 
it's not accomplishing initially what you wanted to do. So how much longer in a, in a world, if you could wave a magic wand, would you keep that pod play or would you get rid of it? Because uh, schools said, too, it's tough to sell season tickets when you don't, don't exactly know who you're even going to be playing those last four or five games. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a proponent of getting rid of it. But, you know, you look at Southern Miss a year ago, I mean, that really pod play kind of put them close uh, on the edge of becoming an NIT team. So they did kind of help their chances uh, getting into the postseason through that pod play. I think only they – if they had beat West Kentucky, they had a good shot at getting into the NIT. But ultimately the goal is to get in the NCAA tournament. And as far as that goes, I don't think it's helped anybody. Uh, so I, you know, I, I at this point I think the pod play was maybe worth a try, but it's to me the the benefits just aren't there in the long run. Uh, I, I I think it's more fair to have everybody play more balanced schedule where they're playing uh, similar competition. Uh, you know, uh, a balanced schedule really kind of lets them go through the entire field and not play somebody say two to three times. So I, I I think it's worth ditching it at this point. I don't think it's it's brought the results that they wanted. And I'll be interested to see Amen. how they how they handle that. Amen. How they handle that going forward, you know. But baseball this weekend, Luke, Eagles ready to hit the field. I just wonder if if we're not all expecting a little bit too much out of this team too early. Well, I mean, let's let's be honest, Patrick. Can just one word answer on this? The, the, the strength of this team, the bullpen is very deep this this year. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. It should be strong. I mean, you, you hate that not have Cody Carroll in the mix. Uh, he's got Tommy John surgery, so you've got some unproven talent in the bullpen. But overall, it should be quite good. And I really like the weekend rota- uh, rotation. I'm interested to see what Chandler Best uh, does on Sunday, the freshman lefty. So if he comes in and has a really strong uh, freshman year, which I think he's capable of, he just always did it at high school, and how everybody thinks so highly of him. Uh, I-, I think this pitching staff has a chance to be one of the best they've had in quite a while. Uh, and that may be enough uh, if they're that good. If they can kind of fulfill fulfill that potential, you you got a potential ace in Shepard uh, Powell's a seasoned vet, and then you know Best uh, looks looks pretty good. All right, let let's talk uh, a few uh, unknowns going in. Uh, catcher, center field, uh, pretty, pretty. Let's walk through the infield first. If I'm missing anything or anything wrong, um, let me know. Lynch at third, Dickerson at, at short, Gidry at second, McGillis at first. Uh, what's it going to be, Andrew Stanley or Brian Davis behind the plate? It sounds like Davis will probably have the edge there, and he'll probably start day one. Uh, I think it's pretty close there, but I, I, you know, just everything that Scott Berry had to say about Davis, I think, is pretty. Pretty encouraging, especially on the defensive side. And if Stanley, if Stanley comes about, you know he's a redshirt freshman from Arkansas. If he becomes an everyday player, then you may have a four-year starter behind the plate. That would be awesome. All right, outfield Montenegro in left. I'm saying Fisher Norris in right, and it could be a plethora of guys: Hunter LeBlanc, Brent Blaylock, or Ben. Here's some noise. Maybe Reed Tremble in center field, true freshman. Right, yeah, I, I think you're right. Center field is probably going to be kind of uh, by committee going through. I think the best thing that could happen to Southern Miss is that Brant Blaylock really kind of steps up and, and can hit for average and bring some pop to the lineup. Uh, if Blaylock can kind of uh, fulfill that potential that everybody's kind of seen out of him at times, uh, you know, that could be a game changer for Southern Miss. But Trimble also is maybe a high ceiling. LeBlanc, you're just kind of waiting for him to kind of uh, – you were encouraged by what you saw of him at times last year, but he just – Really, just never really, you know, had that kind of big breakout. So, uh, yeah, center field is a big question mark. I think there's that potential where Montenegro uh, can move to center, and then maybe you could see some Anthony uh, Izio out in left field. So, 
uh, we may see some mixing and matching, uh, especially in the first month of the season. But here's something that concerns me, you guys. When you look at the overall, you know, you, Luke, you mentioned earlier, there, there may be times when Southern Miss is putting out three freshmen, I mean legitimate freshmen. Right and baseball is a little bit is a little bit different than football and basketball. But one way it's not is is I, I just you can't you can't hang your hat on three guys who have never played at this level before, regardless of how good they were in high school. I mean, if you go back to even eleven and twelve year old little league, all right, and you're drafting your team as a coach, a strong eleven year old is not as good as even a weak twelve year old. And sometimes these guys are three or four years different in age. Am, am I right about that, or am I just too too cautious about pure yeah, freshmen? Well, I, think, I think in Dustin Dickerson, uh, he's somebody that actually has a chance to be an upgrade defensively uh, there at shortstop. Shortstop has, has not been the most impressive position since, say, a Brian Dozier left defensively. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Dickerson is, is a guy they've been needing for a while. How much we'll get out of him in offense, it remains to be seen. Uh, but defensively, I, I think he's got a chance. You know, he may not be gangbusters right out of the I think by the midway point of the season, you'll see him really settle in and be that kind of a uh, game changer defensively at shortstop. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think he's going to play a little uh, above a freshman. All right, Patrick, uh, about 45 seconds left. Tell me the best case scenario for the, or the ceiling for this team or um, what's got to happen, or I guess, what's the ceiling for this team and what do they have to do to reach it? What's the over-under? <laughs> I think the yeah. ceiling is really high. If the, if the pitching staff is as good as we think it is, I think it's got an extremely high ceiling because how you win championships, you know, you can win conference champ, you can win conference USA without a great pitching staff at Southern Miss because you'll be able to kind of hit your weight. Uh, to a title, but now that you've got a pitching staff in place that can maybe compete with some big boys, you can, you know, you could possibly win a regional. I, I think the ceiling for this team is a super regional. It's, you don't want to put that kind of called World Series tag on this team just because there's so many unproven, but if that pitching staff can kind of fulfill its potential and, and that can play out in the course of a regional, uh, I think Southern Miss does have a chance to get to a super regional. Well, I, I, let it be. Let let it let it be, Patrick. Uh, man, thanks for your time today, and uh, we'll catch you at the Pete this weekend. All right, sounds good. Patrick McGee for the Bluxy Sun Herald. When we'll take a commercial break, be back. A very awesome accomplishment last night for uh, the Lady Eagles softball team and a freshman pitcher. And we're going to talk to Kelly about um, how uh, tough it is sometimes to be a Bengal fan. All that next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Toyota Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Or you can go online to toyotahattiesburg.com and see all the new pre-owned and certified Toyotas for sale at Toyota of Hattiesburg. Appreciate Patrick McGee for 
spending some time with us, as he does on every Thursday. He'll be at the Pete this weekend covering uh, the Golden Eagles. Softball last night, it was a really good night. Golden Eagles defeat Southern University 9 uh, to nothing and improved to 4-1 and one on the year. But really taking the spotlight, freshman right-hand pitcher Savannah Wood from Skipperville, Alabama, throws a no-hitter. Ten strikeouts, and uh, the Golden Eagles on the offensive side. Uh, Lacey Summerland had three RBIs. Destiny Brown hit a grand slam. Golden Eagles, Golden Eagles win nine uh, to nothing. But you talk about, I think it was her second performance because I think she pitched in uh, the Golden Eagle Invitational. Um, ten strikeouts, five innings, no hitter. Uh, not bad at, at all for sure. So Brian Levan out to a four and one. Um, career record as the Southern Miss Lady Softball head coach. The Golden Eagles, uh, Lady Eagles will head to Troy, Alabama, and they will have four games this weekend against Southeast Missouri State, Purdue, Fort Wayne, Eastern Illinois, and the Troy Trojans. So, man, a great start uh, for the Southern Miss uh, Golden Eagles. Softball, it's a big weekend. We should mention basketball tonight, basketball, baseball. is going to be a Mardi Gras parade. And remember, remember what Brad Smith told us yesterday. Uh, Kelly, need to be in line at one o'clock to get in Reed Green Coliseum on Saturday afternoon because the mystery bobblehead doll uh, that thinks the first thousand fans uh, will get it. Any chance that that's going to be a Kelly Center bobblehead doll limited edition? No, that would be a bobble belly doll. You know, some, you, we push the belly in like kind of like Buddha, and it would bounce in and out. That would be more more my speed. But hey, while we're talking about uh, tomorrow, big list of things going on. And our buddies at Fourth Street, Luke, wanted to remind everybody again they'll be open tomorrow morning at nine thirty, uh, just prior to the parade. You, they'll have grits and shrimp and all sorts of great things to eat inside. They'll have a beer trailer set up outside. So if you just want to walk, walk across the uh, the bridge there at Fourth Street, they'll be glad to get you ready for the parade, the baseball game, basketball, and the post. Game parties there as well as long as their as well as their sister uh, facility sidelines out in Oak Grove. And a programming note tomorrow, getting ready for the opener of the baseball season, we will be at Fuzzy's Tacos at Midtown tomorrow in Hattiesburg. Mark Maddox scheduled to join us tomorrow. One of the truly great Golden Eagle baseball players of all time, old Mark Maddox will be joining us among others tomorrow at uh, Fuzzy's Tacos in Midtown Hattiesburg. Now, in the National Football League, you and Bob, Luke, joke all the time with me about how difficult it is being a Cincinnati Bengal fan, and indeed it is, but I am a fan. (laughs) Good, bad, or indifferent, and believe me, 90% of the time it's bad. I am still a fan of the Bengals, but some of the people in Cincinnati taking it a bit too far. So help me, people, this actually happened, which means somebody filed this complaint. The Ohio... Medical Board, the state of Ohio Medical Board, had to actually rule yesterday. And it's been in all the the national news. You may have already heard it. But the Ohio Medical Board ruled yesterday that merely being a Bengal fan is not a good enough reason to be prescribed medical marijuana. (laughs) So... I guess the Bengals are so bad that fans are feeling they, they need to be medicated just, just to get through a game. What's even more astonishing about this is somebody actually filed this complaint saying that that should be a legitimate excuse as to why they should be written a script for medical not- marijuana. 
the guy's got a name. His name's Vincent Morano. <laughs> Morano? ESPN.com. If you, if you think we're pulling this from something, the onion or whatever, no. This is on ESPN.com. Vincent Morano was, his, his reason was being a, quote, Brown slash Bengals fan. When the petition asked for letters of support by physicians with knowledge of a disease or a condition, Morano replied by saying, quote, there's not a physician in Ohio that will disagree, close quote. <laughs> Look, I, I I feel your pain. Kind of interesting that his last name is Moron O. <laughs> but, yeah. But I and maybe that's the reason they ruled no. Is if we say yes in Cincinnati, we're going to have Hero to say yes in of Cleveland. The, day, the Ohio Medical Board play. You are the champions by Queen because you are the champion. We are the you are the champions for. <laughs> But, shoving that tomfoolery. Get it out of here. But yeah, can you believe, can you believe the lengths that people will go to just to Nothing be... Nothing surprises me anymore. To be Nothing. prescribed Nothing. medical marijuana. I mean, I mean, being on the air with you every day. Nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> Nothing at all. That This one, though... Even even surprises yeah. me. I mean, in the words of a lot of well, people who partake in that, dude, are you serious? <laughs> medical. I, I don't ever partake in that, and you would still hear me say, "Dude, <laughs> really? Yeah, devil's lettuce, guys. That's uh, that's bad. Anyway, well, been a good show today. Uh, we will be at Fuzzy's Tacos tomorrow. Swing by, um, grab some food." Uh, say hey to us. Mark Maddox will be out there tomorrow, the Sultan of SWAT himself. And uh, we're just getting ready because as soon as we get done with the Eagle Hour, I'm heading over to the Pete tomorrow, and uh, man, going to cheer on the Golden Eagles. Hope you will join us uh, for the Pete this weekend as we uh, we cheer on the Golden Eagles against Murray State. Thanks for listening today, and uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. As always, Southern Miss to the top. I wanna fly like an eagle. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.